Amen. Thank you, Drake and Patty. Appreciate you using your musical talents to, to bless us and minister to the Lord this morning. That was beautiful. Well, good morning. <clears throat> Before I um, get started, I just want to say a special thanks to um, Mr. Luke Calloway. Where'd you go, Luke? There, he's hiding in the back. How could I miss you? But um, we did not have heat if you got the email last night. We didn't have heat until this morning. And Luke texted me early this morning and said um, that he works on these kind of things in his job. Could he come take a look at it? So I I gave him the uh, royal treatment over here and unlocked the door and left the lights on for him so he could come at it anytime he wanted. And so Luke was able to problem solve that. And that's why it's a little warmer in here than it was about an hour and a half ago. Actually, it's a lot warmer in here than it was. And then Dakota um, Owen came out right behind Luke, and he's going to um, complete the fix sometime this week and get the parts that we need. So God is good. He had everything in, um, in line to fix this and give us heat this morning for our service. So I'm grateful for that. And I am very excited, as I'm sure you are as well, I'm excited about our Christmas play this morning. And I want to thank the, the drawers for their leadership and their service in um, putting all this together. I want to thank the parents for getting your kids to practice. That's a big task. And I want to thank the kids for their participation in this play in advance. I am confident it will be cute. I am suspicious it will be a little silly, but I also know that a strong message will come through our youth to us today, and I'm grateful for that. And I don't know all the details, but I do know that it has something to do with proclaiming Christ or or rejoicing in Christ, the newborn King. And that, of course, is a very, very important theme this time of year. And so I want to look at some scripture that speaks to this theme of rejoicing in Jesus Christ. And uh, I'm only going to speak for um, a few minutes, if you can believe it, because we have a very busy uh, service here this morning. But my text, if you want to turn your scripture to Isaiah chapter 9. My specific verse is verse 3, but I do want to read 1 through 3, Isaiah 9, 1 through 3, just so we can get the... The context here. So the prophet Isaiah says, But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the later time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. And then our text for today, verse 3, You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. Though next week we'll learn about verses 1 and 2. And we'll learn about what the rejoicing is all about. And that is because the light has come into the darkness. And that light is Jesus Christ. And that's the Christmas message. But notice that the result. Isaiah speaks about when this light comes. When this light shines into this dark place. And this dark land. 
what comes with the light, but joy. So with, with the coming of Christ, joy is increased in the land and in the darkness and in the world and to all of the nations. With Christ comes joy. So Christ and joy are inseparable. If we believe in Christ and we have no joy, we have no reason to rejoice, we can't think of any reason to rejoice in anything, then perhaps Christ is not in us because Christ and joy is inseparable and we see that in Scripture. Christ, the King, is the good news. Because He has come into this world, He has dispersed the darkness, He has conquered sin, He's conquered death. And so we rejoice over this. And He conquered sin and death by becoming a curse for us. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us. And we sing joy to the world far as the curse is found in Jesus' goodness and His power and His might to overcome sin and darkness goes as far as the curse can be found. Wherever the curse is, wherever the brokenness is, Christ goes to that and redeems it and restores it. That He became sin and He bore our sin so that we can have fellowship We can be in a right relation with the living God because light has come in to the world. So by believing in Christ, the people who walked in darkness can now have the light of Christ. And with the light of Christ comes the joy of Christ. So how big a deal is this in the prophet's eyes? This is such a big deal that light will come into the darkness and for us light has come into the darkness through Christ. That he gives two metaphors. He wants to make sure we understand the significance of this event. So he he draws from two metaphors to help us understand. To feel it. First, it says that they rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest. Now, who doesn't get excited about the harvest? If you've done any kind of, if you've planted anything, then you understand about a harvest. It's a big deal. It's something to get excited about because it's God's provision for you. Now, this is an agrarian culture. They didn't have Walmarts and food lions here and deep freezers. Uh, and, you know, five different refrigerators in their house or in their basement with all f- stock for, full, for food. They were reliant upon a good crop. They planted it and they depended on it. So a good harvest meant that you got to eat. It meant that you didn't starve until the next harvest could come. Or you didn't have to go in debt trying to um, borrow money to buy food from somebody who did have a good harvest. So this great harvest, if you would imagine, can you imagine just, say, getting paid a couple times a year? Like, you, you had a, say you had a job, but you only got paid a couple times a year. So you had to really, um, you know, you had to be careful with the big chunks of money that you were given. And you had to wait, and you had to wait to get paid for it. Well, the harvest is like that paycheck, That paycheck that comes, that harvest is God's provision for you. That harvest means that you get to eat and provide for your family. It means that now you have something that you can barter with and perhaps buy other things that you need, clothes and household items. 
means you have this currency and it means that you have an abundant supply so that you can give back to the Lord and invest in the kingdom of God. For He has given generously to you. So he is saying this is how people rejoice when the light comes. They rejoice as if the harvest has come. And now they have plenty. Now they have more than enough. But beyond what they need, this is cause for great rejoicing. But he gives another metaphor just to really nail it home, to understand the significance of this. And he says, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. So now we enter in a different type of joy, a different kind of gladness. And this is, a, this is um, pertaining to a victory. A great victory has been won. There's been a war. Maybe it lasted a long time. Maybe there were lots of casualties, lots of service, lots of sacrifice. But the day has come where the victory has been won. And because that victory was won in this battle, the spoils go to the victor. So this day of light promises that uh, the Messiah will deliver people from their adversary, ad, uh, adversary, will deliver them from the circumstances of this dark place and this land that they lived in, this broken world. Now the beauty of a spoil is that you get to enjoy uh, the fruits of things that other than you know, the war that you fought, you didn't work for. They're just there for the taking. It's just like extra surprises, extra gifts. You don't know what might, what might be on the other side of that victory. But they didn't labor for it. It's all there for the taking. You contribute, contribute nothing, and yet you get everything. The riches. So both the harvest and both the plunder and the spoils give us this idea of tremendous excitement, uh, tremendous joy, and it's the idea of a complete joy. When you bring in this kind of excitement and that kind of, you, you try to think of every kind of joy and excitement there is and you bring it all together, that's what the light of Christ gives to us and offers us in our hearts. So that's why in this season of uh, in Christmas that we do so much singing. I think it's safe to say we probably do more singing during the Christmas season than any other event during the rest of the year. It's because there is so much excitement built in to this season. You know, Jesus is that special. Jesus is absolutely worth celebrating and rejoicing over. Uh, so we do a lot of singing and we even do Christmas plays and skits, and nativities, and living, living nativities, and all of these things. Because when our hearts realize that the light has come, then it's only proper that, that gratitude and thanksgiving and praise just work its way down into our hearts and back up through our lungs and out of our mouths in the form of praise and adoration and thanksgiving. And that's what we see during this Christmas season. So I pray that you have experienced the joy of Christ. That the light of Christ has come into your hearts. And that you have much to be excited about and grateful. God has certainly increased our joy. May God bless the short preaching of His Word this morning, if you can believe it or not.